Please listen carefully. Hey guys, this is Chris. And I'm Lam. And this is Cross Akana Radio. So we got some questions from our members and um, we've grouped them into this category of strength and things related to strength. So I thought we would go over some of these questions. So Lam, what, are, what is the first question? So guys, we'll start with the first one and uh, strength days. Why do we do them, Chris? Why do we do strength days? So for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, we like to work different energy pathways. So there are three main energy pathways and without getting too geeky, the strength pathway is very short in duration but very high in intensity. Um, normal CrossFit Metcons are generally going to be in the second pathway, which are going to be workouts that last from five to 15 minutes. And if you're hearing some blabbering going on, that's my little guy in the background. Um, so going back to the first pathway, very short time duration, very high intensity. If we wanna be able to be better in life, we need to lift things up and put them down. And so that's why we squat, press, deadlift, uh, Olympic lift with cleans and snatches. Some of these lifts will be pretty specific while others transfer to other things that we do. So for instance, squatting is one of the best movements that we can do. Most of us sit at desks all day. Um, we are not ever in a squat. So to squat under load and under tension is going to get us in positions that we aren't normally throughout the day to loosen us up. And then also it's going to get us stronger overall. Um, if you look at any world-class strength and conditioning program out there, whether it's weightlifting or powerlifting or collegiate athletics, they all squat. So there's something to be said about not reinventing the wheel and uh, focusing on things that just work for uh, at both athleticism uh, but also getting better at life, which is what we're all really here for. So without going too deep into the rabbit hole, that's why we do strength. We, we, we need to get stronger because as we grow older, we lose muscle mass. In order to counteract that, we need to eat well, nutritious, uh, nutritious meals with plenty of protein, and then also uh, lift weights. So, so Chris, I, I, you know, as I've crossfitted before, I hear a lot of people say, well, what, can't I just you know, if I want to get better at CrossFit, can I just keep CrossFitting? I mean, do I really have to do strength? And what would you say to something like that? You mean like a strength session where we take like 25 minutes to find a five rep back squat? Yeah. Versus yeah. like a classic Metcon? Yep. yep. Yeah, okay. So uh, they actually have a point. Um, I, I do think you can probably get away with just doing classic Metcons. However, uh, if we're looking to be well-rounded, then you're totally ignoring that first energy pathway. That well, it, it's you're basically using ATP, uh, and that, that's bringing you back to like high school biology. But like, you're if you're only living in the glycolytic pathway, which is going to be that five to fifteen minute metcon. Um, I do think that actually for most people could work for their life, um, especially if let's say a metcon involves let's say a heavy deadlift. Mm -hmm for one rep and then you move on to do other stuff and come back to that deadlift. I actually think it could work. Um, now from in a group class, I really like programming some strength days, not every day, but some strength days. Number one, to work that pathway. And then number two, be, 
because I find people enjoy it. Like there's just an enjoyment factor out of lifting heavy. Um, personally, I really love seeing women lift because it's something that number one, they haven't really done in the past. And then number two, I, I just, I'm totally stereotyping, but I do find that women are more coachable in terms of form because they're willing to listen. And that might be because they've never done it before or most statistically they haven't done it before. Um, but I, I think there's also something to be said about doing something you're not, you don't have any experience with, being able to see objective improvement, right? Like if you lift two pounds more doing a, a shoulder press than you did the previous time, it, you're objectively stronger. Right. Like there's no question, like the bar doesn't lie. It's a pretty obvious gain. It's, right a, it's an obvious gain, exactly. Yep. Yep. Um, whereas with a Metcon, there's so many different moves moving pieces that you, you're not quite sure maybe where you improved. Like maybe your time is faster, but you're not quite sure. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a whole enjoyment factor out of, the, out of strength training or what CrossFit calls heavy days right. that you can't really find anywhere else. Um, it's kind of like the, the um, opposite side of the same coin of, of a runner's high. Like you go for a, a long, dis slow distance run and you have that runner's high. Well, I think there's a lifting high in terms of seeing objective improvement on yeah. the barbell. No, I, I, I would agree on that. And I mean, um, so I think what I was also saying is that as we talk about strength days and that different pathway, um, I, I found myself actually stalling on, on Metcons and incorporating strength days on top of the Metcons. You know, it, it just, I think you, you don't really think about it, but when you think about doing strength on other days as well, you're complementing and you're able to lift heavier weights faster which helps you in a method. Sure, yeah, so right. you're going with the saying, with the, uh, and a lot of people come to this conclusion where if, let's say in a Metcon, there is a 135 pound power cleans, right. but your one rep max is 135. Yep. On the strength days, if you can train specifically power cleans and get that up to, let's say, 185 or 225, 135 is gonna seem lighter. Yes. Absolutely. Because it is. Yep. Because yeah. it actually is. You have more you're yep. building muscle to do that. So Yeah. So um, I do agree with that. The one thing, one trap that a lot of boxes fall into, and at one point I did fall into this, was programming most days as a strength plus a Metcon. Mm -hmm. The the problem with that is that in a group class setting with it when you have sixty minutes, it's really, really hard to coach. Yep. If you have, so we cap our classes at 12 people, and because we're three months old, our classes rarely hit even uh, seven or eight people. So I love being able to coach people. Mm -hmm. So a strength plus Metcon day, I can actually coach people pretty well. But um, we do program days where it's 40 minutes to find a max back squat, and then the, either we have nothing, or we might have like a Tabata mm -hmm. sit up. Our favorite Tabata cash outs. Exactly. So we maximize the time for um, the strength. Because it, as you know, Lamb, when you really get into a, a heavy day, it can take 40 minutes to actually work up to your true max, yep. right? So for beginners, it's a, it's a bit difficult because they don't have true maxes because of many different reasons. But anybody who's been training at least three years, let's say, knows that between the warm-up and the warm-up sets and just getting up towards your max and then needing to rest four, five, six minutes between sets. Yep. That, uh, I think that's actually the next question, that you, it, take, it can take 40, 45 minutes. Yeah. Like it, it, just, it just does. So I think a lot of boxes just need to be careful that not every day or not many days 
do um, a Metcon plus strength plus Metcon? Uh, yeah, so boxes, just you know, just be careful that you know CrossFit preaches basically preaches that most days should just have one element. You know, either a heavy day, so you're only focusing on shoulder presses or cleaning jerks or back squats or whatever the case may be, or you're doing a Metcon. Um, you know, I do like some days to have a strength plus Metcon because the strength movements, especially the Olympic weightlifting, take repetitions to learn, right? Mm -hmm. It takes, uh, you know, 10,000 hours to become a master. It takes 10 years to learn something, you know, yep. whatever the, whatever common saying you like, right. but it does take repetition after repetition after repetition. And I do feel like um, sometimes you just need to focus on form and maybe it's not a maxed out day. Maybe you're just staying at 50% and working on your technique and form and that's totally fine. So, um, you know, I, I see where HQ is coming from, but I also think in a class environment, we can work some strength plus Metcons, but definitely not every day. Yeah, and I, I definitely know, especially um, since I CrossFit with Beck, my wife, it's, it's enjoyable when you have that, um, that dichotomy in, in the same class at some days it switches it up and, mm -hmm. and like you, you were saying before from a female perspective I, I think she fits right into that that um, uh, demographic where she loves see, seeing those gains and, and um, especially as a girl right yeah like it's very cool and a lot of people don't realize it when they first join CrossFit but when you PR lift when you set a personal record right you're psyched it is exciting yes. it's really exciting we have a PR board in our lobby and you know, some of it is gymnastic related, but a lot of it is lifting related. Agreed. So it's pretty cool. All right, next question. So our next question here is, how much rest between, or how much rest do you take between your strength sets? Oh, this is a good question. Um, so going back to that energy pathway, um, if you are working at max intensity, meaning you are giving it your all for let's say two reps, let's say a two rep back squat, you're gonna need at least three to five minutes to reset those physiological systems to go for another very near max or maximal effort. Um, so basically when we are doing, when we are lifting, we recommend about five reps to warm up for the light weights. Right. You know, if we're looking for a, uh, a max back squat, doing sets of five with just the bar, or even a, you know, a set of 10 or 15 with just the bar, and then putting on lightweight, doing sets of five or 10, putting on a little more weight, doing set of five, putting on a little more, a little more weight, doing set of five, eventually working up in weight, but then reducing the reps to the point where you're going to get to that two rep back squat. When you do get to those two reps, those are what we call working sets, you probably you should be taking three to five minutes. Um, a lot of beginners will rush that because they're not quite sure what to do. And then also because they aren't at their true max, they can kind of afford to get back on the bar and do more reps right. um, uh, quickly. But the experienced lifters should know and, and will also feel the need to rest more. So yeah, three to five minutes as a general rule for the max lifts. But it, it, it's gonna depend. Uh, especially on class logistics, but that's a general rule. Oh, mommy. Mommy's running. Yeah. Okay. Can you sit nice? Good job. Um, and so, per, as a person who hasn't really 
I say not really um, experienced from a, a strength perspective. And I used to do uh, on this app called the five by five uh, strong lift, and mm -hmm. I think it was really like a starting strength type. Yeah, thing. a starting yeah. strength, mm -hmm. and it was really because it was something that you know I'd have someone essentially tell something to tell me what to do, and they would ask us to take just uh, a ninety second rest. Now, is there a particular reason for that? Uh, I haven't really done the research on it, but didn't know if you had any experience on, on you know, the amount of time that they would take. You know, because it's it's such a short amount of time, 90, 90 seconds in between Not, each lift. Yeah, I would be interested to look into that. 90 seconds seems uh, short to me, especially for a 5 by 5. Mm -hmm. uh, when you go to 5 reps, you, you're definitely working up into that um, almost into that next pathway. Like f if you take five reps and you take even a few seconds per lift, you're, you're working up into that next pathway. Like it's not just a one rep. Right. And so to me, I would be curious as to why they're only saying 90 seconds. It might be because the people who are typically using that app want to just get things done yeah. and are used to going right into the next set. So 90 seconds to them is actually a long time. Right. I, also because you're using the same weight across all five sets, right? Yes. So you're not taking time to change weights out. Mm -mm. If you're changing weights out, that's naturally just a built-in rest. Yeah. So I would be. I don't know the answer to that particular program because I haven't done the app myself. Mm -hmm. um, but from things that I've read and seen, I would say 90 seconds is a minimum. And I, I prefer, and I, I tell our members about three minutes between between efforts yeah and that's fair because I, I do distinctly remember when you get to a heavier rep, a heavier weight like when I hit to 275 on a 5x5 it's like you feel like you get no rest after that first or second yeah second. 90 seconds is like nothing yeah, yeah. you send um, you're just exhausted but that's that's a good point something to look into when I get back to it mm-hmm Um, Third question? Yeah, next question. Yeah, next question. So gear. Uh, I know we here at CrossFit consistently see different types of gear and and people who love to um, rock the gear when they're CrossFit. Crossfitters love their gear. Yes, absolutely. They love their gear. Absolutely. Your Reeboks and your Nike. That was the question of the day today, right? Reebok or Nike. That's so, right. Reebok or Nike. Um, so, you know, in terms of lifters, you know, um, lifting shoes, belt, wrist wraps, sleeves. When, when do you wear them? Oh man, this is such a good question. Um, so yeah, if there's a rule out there, an uns unspoken rule, it's that crossroaders love their gear. So let's start with shoes because I think that's one of the first things that people notice. Um, so lifting shoes offer two main benefits. Um, and lifting shoes, for those of you guys who haven't seen them, basically they look funny because they're usually brightly colored, they have a raised heel, um, and that, and that uh, sole is typically made of either wood or a hard plastic. It, uh, and lifting shoes do two things. So essentially they make you squat better because it raises your heel up. Um, if you ever squat down, and especially if you have, um, and if you don't have a great squat, you need to raise your heels up when you squat. So what that does is it allows you to have your heels up, but on a stable surface. They're great for pistols. They're great for pistols, yeah. So basically it allows people who don't have great dorsiflexion or basically ankle mobility yep. to squat better. The other benefit, in addition to the raised heel, is that it has a hard sole. 
So when you are, let's say, doing a clean and jerk, and you use your legs to push against the floor and get that bar going, you actually have the proper surface to push off of. And mm -hmm. it's all physics. Because if it's, it's a, um, the opposite would be if you were jumping on a mattress. Right? If you had to do like a max jump, you wouldn't want to be on a, on a mattress because your feet would just sink in. And that's the equivalent of, of uh, most shoes these days. So CrossFit shoes like Nike Mekons or Reebok Nanos or Nobles, they were made uh, with, that, with a hard surface for a sneaker, but lifting shoes in particular are made of um, uh, a hard material for that uh, force going into the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, that added to the raised heel are going to allow for better squats. Now, the thing that I see a lot, um, and I think you've seen too, are people using lifting shoes for things like deadlifts. Yep. The problem with that is that when you have a raised heel and you're doing a deadlift, which is typically gonna be the highest weight uh, movement that you do, when you grab that bar, suddenly you're a system. And when that system pulls you forward because the bar weighs more than you, now you, and you also have raised heels, now your center of gravity is traveling forward, and and we don't have a great um, base. Great base, exactly for lifting that bar. Yep. So I like either barefoot, a flat shoe, uh, and or old school CrossFit would wear Converse. Yeah, I remember back in the OG days seeing people yeah deadlift with Converse on. Absolutely, that was the shoe because lifting shoes weren't really popular then. Yep. If they were, people only wore them for Olympic lifting. And uh, yeah, so the deadlift, I would not wear um, Olympic lifting shoes, but anything involving a squat, so a back squat, front squat, overhead squat, clean and jerk, snatch, those are all good to go on, uh, on lifting shoes. A belt would be the next thing that I, I would think of. Yeah, I'm interested in this one because uh, I know there are some people I've seen that wear a belt, but actually don't really truly understand what it's for and what it supports, so mm -hmm. I'd be interested to the biggest mistake that people make when they buy a belt is that they tighten it as tight as they can and they take a deep breath in to their lungs, making their waist really small. So they make their waist really small, they tighten the belt as, as hard as they can, and they can barely breathe. Yep. And the, that is not the point of the belt. The point of the belt is to act as a brace on the front of your abdomen to provide pressure for you to breathe into your belly, in, into your diaphragm, and then act as um, a structure for your midline to, to be solid. Yep. So you have your spine running in the, in the back of you. You don't have anything, any solid structure in the front. So that's pretty, it's not the only thing, but that is what the belt is there for. Basically you breathe into, into the belt, um, you tighten it only to the point where when you breathe into the belt, it's tight. You do not want to uh, tighten it all the way mm -hmm. and restrict breathing um, because you basically, right before you lift, are going to breathe into the belt. You're going to brace. Um, it's much like uh, having an empty soda can and being able to crush it very easily versus a full soda can or beer can. A full soda can or beer can, very hard to crush because it's full right. and it's sealed. Well, when we take a breath in and we have a belt on, it's going to be a super strong structure. And so that's why belts are really nice for things like uh, heavy back squats, uh, even heavy front squats for some, um, and deadlifts. Yep. Clean and jerk, people definitely wear them for clean and jerks. I would not wear it for snatches because number one, 
it's a it's usually going to be a weight where it's not heavy enough to need a belt and then number two if the idea of a snatch is to get that bar into your hip but the bottom of the belt is also at your hip it's probably going to catch and you're not going to want a, a belt there to impede the bar path so belts are good to go for back squat front squat clean and jerk uh deadlift and i think you know it's kind of a tangent here but um, secondary to that it just tells you how important your your breath is when you're doing those those lifts right because oh, breathing matters so much yeah as you talk about that that seal and and really making that solid base for yourself to come out down a heavy weight yeah um you know i've seen some people who don't don't tighten their core and they essentially collapse under some uh, a heavy weight so good points yeah so for those who are interested um it's it, the breathing technique that lifters you will use and that you should be looking into is the Valsalva maneuver. So just, or Valsalva technique, just look it up. Uh, I think it's V-A-L-S-A-L-V-A, -A -A, I think. Um, but Google's, you know, some spelling or some version of that and you'll find it. Um, and that will explain in much better terms than I can uh, the technique. The other stuff, like, you know, some people like grips because uh, they rip on pull-up bars. I think those are fine. Uh, especially if you tend to rip a lot. I don't wear them and I don't, I've tried them. I don't like them just because of the way they feel. I feel like I'm grabbing a thicker bar and I don't like that. Um, but it, that's totally personal preference. Uh, wrist wraps, some people who uh, tend to have weaker wrists or, or um, their wrists hurt, especially when doing overhead stuff like overhead squats. I think those are fine. Um, I do think there's some merit to just for the first few months not using anything so that you as, as like your body is actually getting stronger and getting used to things that are uncomfortable. Uh, what other gear would people have? Um, Honestly, well, I think one of the Oh, most knee sleeves? Yeah. Knee sleeves. Uh, I do like knee sleeves for heavy squats, but you know they keep they can keep the knee warm especially if you have knee issues they can provide a little bit more bounce at the bottom of a squat um, neoprene knee sleeves that are five millimeters or seven millimeters thick uh, are typically the ones that are will be sold reband or reband I think reband I think that's pronounced R E H B A N D um, are the most popular and definitely the most um, reliable they're expensive they're like um, forty bucks for a single sleeve, but they're totally worth it. I've had my pair for years, and as long as you wash them so they don't get too stinky, um, they, they'll last. So I think those are fine. The, the caveat that I have with all gear, though, is that you should, as a beginner, just, just not use any gear, just see how you do and, and improve. And then number two, realize that at any level, gear is basically a crutch. So if it's a crutch you should especially let's say it's a heavy day and let's say it's a heavy day for um let's use back squats as another as the same example use as little gear as possible for most of your warm-up sets and even the first uh working set and then as you approach a max maybe that's when you use the gear because i want your your body to adapt to the loads and the movement and the uh and all of the stress you're putting onto it um and so if we're always using crutches all the time um i yeah i think there's something to be said about adapting to you know using regular shoes for squatting right or using no belt for a deadlift 
that way your body actually gets stronger and you're not relying on, on these crutches. Right, right. Um, and uh, hey, honestly, I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw in one here and it's something I wear all the time and it's, um, I love it. It's our, uh, my Groove Life. I know I have a Groove Life ring. You have a, a Kalo ring. Kalo ring, yep. Yeah, Kalo ring. I mean, talk about gear, right? You, you go from wearing a wedding ring and, uh, and now you can keep one on while lifting no matter what. Yeah, silicon ring, yep. definitely Huge. worth it. Um, I thought these were going to rip within a week of putting it on. Yeah. I am astounded that there are no marks on my Kalo ring at all. It, it's, it actually perplexes me. Yeah. Like I still, I'm not impressed by many things, but I've been completely impressed by these Kalo rings right. because I got one of the first versions and and I know that they've made improvements even yeah. still. Right. Um, it's been, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, can I read to you? I will read to you in a minute, okay? Right. Go over there and read to yourself for now. Yeah, okay. So, um, any other gear that we're missing? Any? Um, I, you know, I know we, we talked, to, uh, and you and I had a conversation, talked shortly about just, you know, Metcons and, and Nanos, but, I mean, do you have a preference? You know, we go all the way back to Metcons, Nanos, and... Um, what are the other other pairs that innovates and innovates as well? Yeah, you know what? Do you oh find yeah, so regular cross stitches. Yeah, like exactly. Instead of like the the big uh, heeled, like typical runner shoe. Yep. That people most people come in with. Exactly. Yeah. So the major players are the two major players. I would say are, are Reebok Nanos and Nike Mecons. Um and then you have two kind of fringe players in the innovates, which were really popular in uh, 2009, 2010, and so. Uh, and so on, um, and then they kind of fell off the wagon uh, in terms of popularity, and then Noble, uh, which are kind of uh, a newer uh, shoe out there. Um, so let's just talk between Necons and, and Nanos. Uh, it's a split difference, but I do hear generally that um, Nanos are friendlier for those who have wide feet. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't have any. Well, actually, I do have experience with some of the earlier Nanos where I tried them on and I have narrow feet and they were sliding around in Nanos. So I don't like, personally, I, I prefer Reebok over, I'm sorry, Nike over Reebok. But that's personal because I have, you know, narrow, narrow feet. feet. Um, and I've always worn Nikes. I have uh, a number of Innovate shoes that I really like as um, more for like running shoes, but I do like the stability that um, Metcons and Nanos offer for lifting in general Metcons. Now I have lifting shoes that I'll wear for, you know, those max effort days, but um, as a general cross-fit shoe, you know, pretty much between a Metcon or a Nano, I think is good. Nobles are, are really nice looking, but they're pretty expensive yep. relative um, to the other other two so and it makes you easily identify identifiable um, yeah if you're walking through an airport <laughs> and you see people wearing Metcons Nanos or Nobles you know you can walk up right to them and talk about CrossFit it's your people right I you know just kind of it's interesting to sell people or look at people when I'm at the airport traveling for work yep um, but it's funny yep absolutely mm. um, I think I think that's it for t uh, questions Chris I mean anything else you got no, um, we will continue to do this. I have, uh, we have some interviews lined up with uh, some experts in their respective fields, and we're going to cover a broad range of topics, so we'll have more interview-style uh, podcasts coming up. 
Um, but submit any questions that you may have. Um, you can find us on Instagram at CrossFit Kana. You can find us on Facebook, CrossFit Kana, K-A-N-N-A. You can email us, info at CrossFitKana.com. And you can get in touch with either Lam or myself, Lam, L-A-M, at CrossFitKana.com, or Chris at CrossFitKana.com. So feel free to hit us up on the socials. Let us know any questions you may have, and we'll cover them in future episodes. Connor, can you say bye-bye? Bye. Can you say it louder? Bye-bye? Bye-bye. Good job. <laughs> Bye, guys. See ya.